0: What is crappin' in, everybody? Um, as you can tell, um, I'm, I'm sounding uh, delightful. Delightful. What's, what's he, crappin'? On another edition of Bowman's Breakdown. First one, uh, first time, long time, actually. Um, as you guys know. Well, you're out I, of prison. I am out of prison, man, man. you know, and uh, it's been some, doing some hard time. Yeah. Doing a lot of a lot of prison uh, push-ups. What was her name again? So, um, you know, I'm 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 looking pretty rough right now. You know what I mean? And I got this uh, sinus infection because I don't get any sleep because uh, uh, I'm on the run. No, I'm not. I just have a sinus infection because I have one. I'm not feeling particularly great. But uh, as you guys know, um, didn't pay this your parking is, tickets. Yeah, exactly. This is Bauman's breakdown. I'm here with uh, Mike Jameson. Mikey. How are you?
1: I am fair to partly cloudy. Yeah kind of like the weather today.
0: i know i'm trying not to uh to to give you handshake or fist bump or anything like yeah, that nothing, so, dude, i don't want to nothing. get you sick but uh but You're not yeah not even
1: allowed to use my bathroom today really yeah, well I what mean, if
0: i have explosive diarrhea no. would i be able to use it then if i had explosive uh mm. diarrhea
1: well i guess we're gonna lose our uh our, our food sponsor
0: huh <laughs> <laughs> but yes as you guys know, <laughs> I, I've had a new gig. I started a new job back uh back in March. So uh we, we took a little break ski for a while and uh, did an episode in June with uh Ryan Wayton and Bino from Tropic Bombs and that was a lot of fun at uh my house. That that was uh, some good times and I appreciate you guys for checking out that uh show uh both literally and figuratively. Those of you who also uh were were out in attendance for that in Toledo um, and then, uh, the last couple months, as I told you, I've just been trying to get some stuff together. Um, I'm obviously learning a lot in my new, my new job and, uh, it's not so new now, I guess I've been there for six months, yeah. but, uh, it's been fun. And we're, we've, uh, started up high school football again here on Toledo sports network. Um, in, uh, our little corner of the world in Northwest Ohio, it's been a lot of fun. We had a great game Friday, a couple of great games Friday night. And, uh, one of the best ones that I think I've ever had the chance to be a part of, uh, a local, Whitmer, uh, Panthers, one of the best teams in the state of Ohio statistically the last couple of years. They've won more games than anybody. Uh, came back and, and beat uh, Clay out of Oregon, Ohio, uh, which is just a little little burb of the Toledo area. Uh, they won 34-28. to 28. It was a heck of a game. It was. A lot of fun to cover. So, uh, you know, I've been busy Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the side, I've been trying to uh, obviously continue to uh, – Try to do some some music interviews when I get the chance. Um, Obviously, it's still something I'm really passionate about. But, you know, Mikey's been a busy guy. You know, both Mike Jameson and myself, uh, we've been pretty busy. And um, I'm actually going to be getting ready to move here soon. Get my own place, do my grown man thing. You see what I'm saying? I. Did you ever see House Guest back in the day, by the way, oh. with uh, Sinbad and Phil Hartman? Oh, yeah. You remember that movie where they do is like, S-T-T-I, S-T-3. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you're probably too young or maybe you've never seen that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, though. Anyway, that was just a little, uh, <laughs> little uh, side note craziness. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting ready to move here soon, and I've been hard at work with my job, and I love it very, very much. I really enjoy it. I love the people that I work with and uh, it 's been 's been fun uh, learning uh, some of the stuff in the online marketing world so i've been mean, uh, trying to do my best at that because i don 't do anything uh halfway you know what i mean i sure. re- I have to put everything into it so same thing with this that 's why I wanted to come back and give you guys another show because uh, I miss y'all man and and uh Ironically we've still crept up over ten thousand views on on the podcast, which That's is awesome. Pretty cool, especially since I've done like two shows in six months. <laughs> but uh yes, so I wanted to come back today and uh give you guys something that I think is pretty cool and pretty special. One of my great uh friends from uh one of my really, really just a good dude from from high school, Andy Lakeston. Um it's kind of hard to believe now that I, I first met that dude like 11 years ago. Time is flying. But um, <laughs> basically to give you a little background on today's episode, if you haven't read the description that you possibly may be staring at on your screen uh, this very moment, uh, my buddy Andy is uh, very musically inclined. He's very talented, a uh, singer, drummer, guitarist. I mean, he just has he has an ear for music. He's been doing it for a really long time. And uh, back in the day... There used to be this place called The Barn in Toledo, which you'll hear a little bit about, uh, where they got to play some shows and stuff as uh, Joffrey Finch. um, And he played the drums and did a little singing simultaneously. Uh, You know, he was like, kind of like Phil Collins in that regard, I guess. Wow. I wonder if he hears this, if he'll enjoy that reference. Um, But anyway, uh, Andy and my other uh, uh, friend from high school, Ray Voss, uh, very good drummer. They, there's just this, basically this collective of, of guys in high school um, with Tony and uh, Todd Buckholtz and Andy and Ray, uh, just all big music nerds. So uh, I didn't know any of them until I got to Central, but we had a couple of classes together and uh, like homeroom and stuff like that. And uh, I just became, you know, pretty good friends with, with a couple of the guys. Uh, uh, including Ray and, and Andy, you know, uh, through our love of music and, you know, same taste in music. And Andy and I ended up going to UT, so I still saw him a lot through college. And then uh, while at UT, Andy and Ray actually started their own radio show
2: Oh
1: wow! via
0: 88.3 WXUT, UT Station. It was called The Rock Block. And uh, they just kind of kept talking and talking about possibly doing um, a musical project together. And that eventually turned into Eye of Radio. And uh, they came out with an EP, Caught in the Frequency, uh, a couple years back. Actually, man, I think it was like four years ago now, uh, while we were still in college. And they're working on new stuff as we speak. And that's what this episode is about, because they actually got to record uh, with somebody very cool uh, that they both are big fans of and have a lot of respect for musically. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I think I'm going to pound a couple of ibuprofen. Uh, and try not to cough on Mikey while you guys enjoy this uh, interview. But uh, I want to give this one to you. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it's just really cool because uh, it's just awesome what what they what they got a chance to do. And I'm so excited for these guys moving forward. So, without further ado, here's my 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 buddy, my pal Andy Langston of Eye of Radio. Enjoy. Well, dude, it's it's it's. It's just nice to be talking to you again, man. Like it's it's cool to like I remember because I think that was, I think that was like almost like a year ago now. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, when while. I was last
3: here, we're just kinda chilling by the pond and stuff. Yeah, so how how's it been going
0: for um for the band for iRadio? Radio? I know you got some cool stuff coming up and We uh, do.
3: It's that's uh it's coming up the later this next week. Um we're going down to Nashville to uh, record with Dave Elkins. Who is the uh, singer, guitar player for the band May, Mae? M um, a e. They're a big regional band. They were around for you know the last decade. They, they had some really good success. Uh, they put out I think three records um, on on like a label, and then they uh, kind of like dropped it and they did some kind of indie stuff just on their terms. They did a lot for charity. I remember in last year, I think they did um, kind of like a. Uh, like a charity like crowd funded sort of thing where you know basically they'll they'd put out a song and you could pay whatever you want for it and then you know most of the proceeds went to like a specific charity of the month or something is is awesome um so we're really excited to be working with with Dave. um he's got such a great track record of just amazing music that he's done over the years, and you know we're just Oh man, we can't wait. Yeah, so <laughs> and just to see Nashville is gonna be awesome. I've never been to Nashville and I seen yeah. so many great things. I've known a lot of different, you know, eclectic musicians who've come from Nashville. You know, obviously like it's got the you know, the country capital of the world sort of, you know, like, you know, license plate on it, but it's really like you can find anything. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: really cool. I so. think actually, um, Stone Sour, it's not, not uh, House of Golden Bones, but the previous record, Audio Secrecy, I think, uh, Corey Taylor and those guys went down, and there's, like, this, this big house, uh, that's a studio in Nashville that they recorded in, so, I mean, I, like you said, it's, like, a big country place, but, I mean, you can go, my dad's been there a few times, and he loves it, because he's, his old boss actually lives down there, (laughs) and, um, you can find music anywhere on any given night like you'll just walk into bars and people will just be playing and like so I, yeah that, That'll be awesome, man.
3: I can't wait just to like go bar hopping and just hear like <laughs> Jazz in one place and country in one and just like full-on rock in another bar Just like oh man. How long are you guys gonna be down? Gonna be crazy. Then? We're going for um, We're leaving Thursday uh, and hopefully we'll get there. We're gonna get there Thursday night and just kind of see the town for a little bit. I think we're gonna go out for drinks and some food, and then we're gonna do the uh, the main tracking for the song Friday, Saturday, end on Sunday, and then we're gonna drive back Monday. So um, that should give us enough time to you know like get the the stuff that we need to done. You know per day we can kind of space it out and kind of really zone in on you know just getting a really great drum sound. You know we can you know start there, do like bass and guitar the next day. Uh, and then I'll try to wrap up my vocals on Sunday and then throw in, you know, any extra percussion. You know, we're going to put some keys in there because we got uh, Ryan back, our original keyboard player. Oh, yeah? Yep. So we're really excited about that. We um, uh, The last couple of years, uh, is since he and our original bass player left the band, we got a new bass player and a new guitar player, and so we lost those that keyboard yeah. sound. So we've kind of evolved into your you know standard just guitar-driven rock. Um, But we're really excited because, you know, he kind of came back and he was like, you know, I've I've got some time now, you know, actually, I'm not just too busy with life and work and stuff. And, you know, it would be cool to jam with you guys again. We're like, shit, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. come on out. So, um, yeah, we just kind of kept it real chill for the first couple, you know, just jams, you know, really just kind of feeling it out. And, you know, we just kind of fell back in, you know, the playing the old songs again was kind of like. Kind of neat. It's like dusting like an old book off the shelf that you know you loved when you were a kid. And, like whew, you know, blow, blow and dust. Crumble like, is the man. Frequency awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Frequency. That's right. What was that? Was that four years ago? Now that was four oh years my ago. My God. Right. The time flies. I Holy know. Crap. It feels so old. It's that is like, nuts. So how? Oh, so who is in I
0: have Radio now?
3: It's me. Uh, Ray Boss is is still my my go to guy. He's the drummer. You know, my partner in crime, uh, and. Uh, And um, Ryan Duckett is our keyboard player. And that's it. We're just a three-piece as it stands. Um, Ryan's got a buddy who plays bass, and he said that, you know, he might want to kind of come out and jam with us a little bit, and, you know, we'll kind of see if we want to add another uh, guy, because, I mean, obviously, more sound is great, but another guy is, like, you know, another schedule to work in, and it's not hard enough with just the three of us, so.
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's been kind of like a revolving door, you know, for those kind of like three years in the interim, so it's kind of like I'm hesitant to, you know, yeah, have another, yeah. per, another guy in the band to to worry about leaving, you know, possibly, so, but that's like life and love, you know, you just kind of got to yeah. take the risk.
0: Well, for people who don't know, you guys have been doing I have radio now. Um, Andy and I, we, I mean, we went to high school together, god, that was... So that's been ten years since I first met you. That would have been what freshman year. Yeah. God, dude. <laughs> it starts making me old. <laughs> Holy crap! And that was back in the day when you and uh, you and another mutual friend of ours, uh, Benny Kuzno, that we went to Central mm-hmm. with, were in uh, Jeffrey Finch. Yeah, right? and you were drumming back in the day. for with yeah. Jeffrey Finch. Yep,
3: uh, I did uh, in in Joffrey. I think we we, we, pro- we always pronounce Joffrey? it Joffrey, but I know it was Geo, G-E-O right? right. I know everybody pronounced it Jeffrey Finch. Uh, it was just kind of one of those like whatever. We don't. We were so sick of like trying to think up names, and in every band this is like notoriously happened. Yeah. Where you know you like spend like three weeks or four weeks. You know, as soon as you finally make the conscious choice, like okay, we're gonna be a band now. You know, let's do it. So you you spend like four weeks you know six weeks trying to just come up with a name and you throw like you do everything you like throw them all into a hat you pick them out and you're just like man these suck like you yeah. know like you just like start over and you are so fed up with it at the end you're like what about this you know somebody says that and they're like where did that come from I'm like oh yeah. my friend's mom said something to that effect I'm like, okay that's yeah. the name fuck it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah it's. It's one of those things, but no, yeah, um, it was, I was with, uh, Kevin Tony, um, the other day, who is the guitar player for Jeffrey, the other guitar player besides Benny. And, uh, he was the original guy, um, who I met that, that started the band with me, uh, Jim Riley and, uh, Anthony Schultz, who was, uh, the rhythm guitar and, um bass player back in grade school. Yeah. That was yeah. the yeah, that was our seventh grade year where we started to jam Joffrey Finch. And uh yeah, it was it was really cool, but we were kind of like reminiscing of like, you know, those days and we're like, man, those were like the best days of our lives. You know, it was like the coming of age story of like, you know, how we got to, you know, do the rock star thing at, you know, in freshman year of high school, eighth grade year of grade school, like, you know, like, man, it was, we were so privileged and so just It was such an awesome experience to do all that stuff. And uh, he wants to actually start up a, um, like, a non-traditional venue for just, like, you know, like, 7th, 8th grade uh, high school to high school kids who have bands. Really? That's, and a, then, that's like, a good idea, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it would be, like, really cool. Like, almost like a community, like, center. Like, because um, we, a lot of kids... Um, who kind of, like, are in, like, like those bands when they're in early ages, like, you know, they, they can't wait to, like, jam and practice and stuff, and that's what they want to do, and a lot of times it keeps kids, like, away from, like, drugs and things like that that could, you know, just completely derail their lives at that age, or yeah. send them down the wrong path, so, you know, we were kind of, like, thinking of, like, this kind of, like, community sort of, fun you know, funded, uh, you know, venue, um, and I... I would really like to pursue that because I think it would be awesome to give somebody else that privilege that we had when we were kids. You know, give them a place where they can practice and jam and play shows and, you know, every once in a while maybe, you know, we'll we'll bring in like a bigger band, you know, know, a big regional band or something or just another band that we were like, you know, just to be like, this is how it's really done. You know, this is what you should aspire to. These guys are awesome. They're cool people. Learn from them, you know, watch their shows and just have a good time. You
0: know? Yeah, I think it'd be sweet because, especially, I feel like when when kids are starting out, it's um, it's hard to to get your your voice out there and it's hard to get your music out there because now, especially, you know, I, I think locally, you know, certain venues they do want you to draw. They want to make sure because they want to, you know, they want right. to make sure they make a, a profit. That's for profit, you right. know. Right, of you course, know, you wanna it's a business. Sure people are going to the bar and people are. You know, you've got 21 and over, and, and, you know, and I get that, like, I get the business aspect of it, because there was a time period there, I feel like, where music in Toledo, um, in the late 90s, you know, you had, like, you know, Hearsay TAO, and you had, like, Once Over, and all these local bands that were, um, and even before that, I remember... There was like heavier bands like my one buddy Mike was into like Lollipop Lost Kill. Yeah, and, like stuff Lollipop, like that. Lollipop.
3: I remember seeing Hearsay before I saw Lollipop actually. But that was around that same time, uh, you know, when Lollipop was kinda of getting kinda of big and I saw one of their like last shows at Headliners. It's Crazy because that really was good. back
0: when there was like what we had um, we had Bijou downtown. There we had was Bijou uh,
3: across the street from the Bottle Rocket. Oh, uh, they were both downtown. There was Headliners out there where it still is to this day. Um, there was Hard Hat, which uh, I don't think is, or what I think that was that Headliners. Hard Hat became Headliners, I think. Um, there was um,
0: the Majestic, right? Did, or did that turn into Vamps? The one over off the of Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, Masonic Hall or Masonic, whatever. Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's Masonic. Yep, there was that. Um, there was uh whatever Main Street was, um or I think it was the main event, actually. The main um, event, yeah. Frankies. Frankie's Frank uh, across right. the river. Both of those were on the east side. Um we had Luke's Barn, which is now long no longer there. Although <laughs> if it was still there, that would probably be the the place that I would say to Kevin, like let's do that. place right. That's yeah. where like we love to play. And you know, he, he asked me that question, he was like, dude if you could go back in time to, like, that first band and play a show anywhere in town, where would you want to play? And we both said Luke's Barn. Like, because it was just, like, this real cool, like, little community thing. It was, like, right outside of the old Hen Stadium. It was, like, centrally located to a lot of people we knew. And it was just, like... Yeah. It was cool. Like, you didn't have to go, like, downtown. And back then, you know, downtown wasn't what it is today. Right, right. You know, like, you just have, like, mums walking around and stuff. And it was... It was kind of scary. <laughs> You're kind of hesitant to go out to a show.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and I, and it's kind of, it's, and I think that probably happens everywhere. I mean, even in, even in bigger cities, I think sure. there's different, there's different, uh, music movements that come through. Like, um, there's a band out in Detroit, Wilson. Um, and I remember talking to, uh, to their vocalist, uh, Chad Nicefield, uh, super cool dude. And, uh, they, they're kind of more of like a like they're all they're all about partying and kind of like it's kind of got like a southern rock feel to it. And cool. uh, they uh, when I when I interviewed him when they, they've come through Toledo several times the last couple of years. Um, and actually, I think he he's like a manager or, or works uh, whether it's like PR or booking bands and stuff like that up at uh, Crowfoot and Pontiac, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about that with Detroit about how there were all these bands that really inspired them that they would go see when they were younger. Um, just like local shows and local bands. And then Detroit had that big garage rock music scene when you had, like, you know, Jack White that would play. Sure. And even Dooley Wilson, a, a local blues guy, a really good local blues guy, um, uh, this was years ago when I was talking to him, and he's like, you know, I remember seeing Jack White playing at Frankie's in front of, like, nobody. <laughs> you know, and you hear stories about yeah, how, like... That's the, how it goes. How, like, the Black Keys used to be the, like, the house band. Um, yeah. At... Um, I don't know if it was the main... What's the, what's the bar over off of uh, LaGrange? I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Um, the venue where they... They've been doing a lot more shows there lately. I think they may have changed the name. Uh, Mickey Finn's. Yeah. They used to I think they used to be the house band there like once a month, Brock Curry told. Them. I do
3: remember them kinda of coming through as they were starting to get big. Yeah. You know, having their big come up, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's no. crazy. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's all these nuts. people
0: came through Toledo and and I think like um that happens everywhere. There's sort of those ebbs and flows and I feel like like the early two thousands there were there was like a really good local scene. And you had stuff like uh, Toledo Music Fest in the early two thousands and everything, and and even when we were I in high school. I think they still
3: do that, actually. Like, or they kind of maybe brought it back. They brought bit. it back.
0: Yeah, a couple of years ago they brought it back, and um, and that was one thing uh, Ryan from uh, Tropic Bombs was talking about. Because back in the day they were in, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember in high school. Remember Promise of Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah. He he drummed. He was a drummer for them, and. Um, he that's kind of how he and uh steve from once over met they met at one of the music fests and just kept in touch and they were both like sylvania kids and so then there's kind of i feel like there's kind of a lull and now now it's kind of coming back again because like now downtown there's there's more of a scene down there you know there's you can go put you just shows at Ottawa tavern manhattan's frankie's is, is back up and going again so it's cool to see kind of toledo kind of coming back around and it's yeah. cool because you've been, you've been part of that from the time you're teaching. Yeah, you, able it to see is, it go
3: through. I have seen the whole thing and it's, it, you know, it's, it's a, quite a story to tell, you know, like, you know, it's, it's fond memories, you know, of just like where, where it was, you know, what it came to and, you know, what it is now, you know, kind of seen it start to come full circle, you know, start to really kind of spring back and, you know, that I've seen more people out at local shows recently, you know, really just trying to just kind of there for the music or just kind of passing through, you know, as it's kind of more like something to do now, like kind of like back when it was just like, you know, your band was playing there, people, you know, your fans would come out to see you and leave, and that was like it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but like you get people like who was like, oh, there's a show here tonight? Oh, that's cool. You know, like I just kind of heard that they do music here, so I just kind of like came to check it out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like that's it's it's neat. You know, it's more of like a culture of, you know, like people who just want to hear good music yeah and i i I hope that that trend continues you know and and really flourishes
0: yeah you know and that's the thing like when and we were even talking about this just before we we started about uh just about toledo and kind of where we're at in our lives and how we've grown up here and and i think um it it, it's cool um to have been able to cover it on on the journalism side and see a lot of the local bands and, and even younger bands like um like you're talking about doing the thing with with getting some together with younger bands. Uh there's a mm-hmm. a band of I think mostly teenagers, like like young. I, I think they might be just early on in high school, and I don't even know if it's that. Uh I think that Ryan started the fire has played a couple of shows locally. Um and uh I've heard them. they uh and I they're think better. they're they're pretty good and they've been able to get on some shows at like Frankie's and stuff, but but it would be really cool. I think it's an awesome idea to, to be able to have somewhere where kids can, can come and play and like you said it's it's an environment where it's 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 about the music and it, you don't have to worry about like drugs or kids right. being bored, just yeah. like let's go drink or let's go get into trouble. It's like hey come to the show, come have right. some fun, hang right. out. Yeah, meet hang out people. with
3: you know cool other people, you know, and we would have to, you know it would just be like, you know, the rule, you know, of, of chill. Like just yeah. be, be yeah. nice to everybody, you know, don't make a fucking mess. You know, yeah. and just, you know, see a good show, you know, like hang out. It's it would be more like a you know, like a just a place to go for people. It'd be like, you know, something that hopefully they would look forward to, you know, like, you know, after school or on the weekends, you know, to like go there and like see something awesome and continue that growth of of music in the in this town, you know. Yeah. It would and it'd really I, awesome.
0: And I think it's cool because it's like um it seems to be a little bit more collective now. Like you'll see bands, um, go to each other's shows and stuff like you know and and, and i think uh, and that's something that i have even kind of asked some of the people over the years i've gotten a chance to interview about it. it's just like mm-hmm. you know what what is that like and i think um there's always that level of competition and and i think that now people realize like it, it's like it's not about being the best band in toledo it's about no. like just having a good scene where people can thrive and and um and the cool thing about toledo is it's you know, relative to bigger cities like New York or, you mm-hmm. know, Chicago or, you know, places where a lot of bands will migrate to try to get more exposure, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the exposure will definitely be greater there because you're in a bigger city, but it will also be harder to, one, develop a niche because you're in a bigger city. Right, it's true. And it'll be more expensive to live and record there. Like, the nice thing about Toledo, especially now with technology, well, then a lot of bands using Pro Tools and stuff, it's like, you know, if you're a band and you live in Toledo and, you're like, you live together, I mean... You save a lot of money. It's not that expensive, and you can you can record really good quality right. music here. Yep. You know, you a I mean?
3: space, which right. is also slash your recording studio yeah. slash your kitchen. Like, yeah, you know, yes. something yeah. random. Yeah, you know, you do vocals in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it is really nice, um, and it, it's good and bad at the same time. You know, the digital age has given us you know so much freedom as far as you know recording anybody. Like I remember getting a like a boss eight track recorder like for I think oh god like my uh, like 16th birthday or something like that and it was just like the coolest thing because I could sit down and, like record something that actually sounded okay yeah. without even any like mastering process like I would just mix it enough to like you know make set the levels and make everything sit okay like in the mix and just port it to my computer and bam mp3 i could throw it up on napster if i wanted to or something yeah. you know it's what it was whatever but it you know it was it's awesome that anybody can do that yeah you know and especially with you know like you know the boss recorder was like a machine you know i remember having like before that i remember a couple friends having like a four track That you had to put a cassette tape in, and you would record it onto the cassette tape. It wasn't even like digital at (laughs) all, (laughs) like sort of, and not really. Um, So yeah, I've kind of seen the whole thing, and now I have you know an iMac that runs you know like Logic, and my buddy Will runs with Pro Tools, and you know we'll get together and we'll you know record something at my house and in Logic, and then we'll port it over to Pro Tools, and you know we'll master it at his place and stuff and. We can get some sick-sounding stuff. Like anybody can do that now. But I feel like with that digital age, you also lose a lot of the the, the more like experienced artists who really like make recording their their lives and can yeah. really do something like magical. Like one when, when you hear a, a you know something that was done on Pro Tools or whatever like that, it sound it has a specific sound, you know. But when you hear something that was recorded in a sound treated like amazing like nice studio and not even amazing but just a nice studio space that somebody like put their heart and soul into building and especially when you hear uh, a, a recording that was like you know mastered with all like you know like uh analog outboard gear it's just like it blows you away there's yeah. just this warmth and just enrichness that you know it does to the music that just it'll blow your mind. Yeah. Um, it's, it's night and day almost, you know, I've heard, I've heard both. Um, and I would love to, you know, have do something in an analog studio one day. Yeah. Even like reel to reel, like tape, like go back to like how the Beatles were doing it and stuff like that would be sick.
0: And it's crazy. And and when you look at music, it, it definitely makes you appreciate that process so much more because I think there's kind of a misconception with people too, that like, um, that digital sounds better than analog. But if you have like a really good record player and you take care of your records, and you put that on there. Like, there's just, like that experience is like, like even like I remember a few years back. Like um, my stepdad, like my my dad's record collection is downstairs. My stepdad's record collection is downstairs, and it's pretty extensive. Like, there's a bunch of them, and um, he he was a big uh, like Michael Shanker UFO fan back in the day. Yeah, and he put some of that stuff on. And I was like, I was like, like it just had that, like it had just that, like. Like, you felt like you were hearing it at, at the moment in time that it was recorded. Yeah. Like Like, th- there was that experience of, like, you felt like, like, I'm hearing, like, 70s, like, late 70s, like, early rock and roll, like, shredding, and it was just like, it, I, and, and even now, it's like, like I, I'll, I'll go to, um, you know, like, the last couple of months, I've gone to uh, Ramalama to pick up, you know, some stuff, because I know they always have pretty good extensive collection in there and especially like for rock. hard rock and, and metal and yeah. everything like and Rock's I got, their, dude. I got their uh um I got uh, the sword uh, apocryphon which I really liked and, yeah. and I wanted that artwork so bad and because um, <laughs> it's just awesome I think they got some either from Marvel or DC Comics to do the to do the cover and it's and, and just the artwork and the concept of the album was like really cool and then I got Baroness yellow and green which, yes. Um, did you I Did you, you listen to that? I oh, love that it's record. It's awesome. It's so good. Awesome. And,
3: and I, it sucks that they had that whole bus accident. Yeah, they almost like, died. Man. Yeah. That is that is a that's a that's a rough. And he was talking. And he I
0: even mean, he, he was talking about. Uh, and, and I got a. Uh, I took his car too because he was talking about. You know, he's been around the scene for a while. He knows so many people and used to do oh, booking Rob. and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I definitely want to get in touch with him and do some of this. And he said, "Oh yeah, I'd be down." And he's got buddies that have done. Mm-hmm been roadies for like, you know, like seven dozen slash and all. I mean, so we'll, you know, we'll definitely do that too. But, but, you know, he was even talking about that experience. He's like, you know, records are kind of becoming cool again a little bit. And he's like, and he's like, you know, I think it's because kids today now are realizing like they don't have, they don't have anything concrete to hold on to. Now you just hit a button and you download something and there's no, there's no experience. There's there's nothing
3: tangible in your hands that, you know, and especially with, you know, a vinyl, you know, you like a lot of times. You know, they'll like color the vinyl or do something kind of neat with it. And even if they don't, you just get that whole extensive package, the the huge art. You know, you can really, really, truly appreciate an album art. Yeah. You know, when you have a vinyl record in your hands, it's just so immersive and just so awesome. And I love the smell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I love walking into a record store. Um, but I I like to compare it a lot to um, like like films when they when a film decides to do CG. Instead of, like, live-action stuff. Like, you can... You always feel, like, cheated, like, in a way. Like, when you see, like, kind of something CG where you know it's kind of fake. Where, like, you know, you look back at, you know, like, things like Star Wars or whatever. And, you know, you see, like, the puppet of Yoda. Like, there's just... Yeah. Even though it's, like, you know, when you really watch it, you know, you can tell, obviously, that it's kind of like a puppet or whatever. But it it does, like, put you in that mindset where you know it's, like, it's, it's more real than... You know, the CG if they completely CG'd him like they did in the newer movies. Like I, yeah. I would much have rather had a really talented, you know, uh, puppeteer, and you know, I would have had like Stan Winston Studio make you know, you know, this, this most, you know, awesome piece of art, you know, that is you know, a puppet like that. And it, it, yeah, it's more real. It's just it's interesting. It's you can kind of latch onto it. You kind of have feeling with it, you know, and, and whereas you know something CG, that's very rare.
0: And even, even our era, um, I just went back and watched uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. <laughs> oh, there you And go. they used uh, Jim Henson's... Uh Uh, Creature studio or whatever Mm -hmm. it was To create those guys And like you watch it And you watch it on And you're like Okay his lips aren't moving Exactly with what he's saying But it's like But there's so much An appreciation for it Because even when you're Looking at like their skin And stuff Like they made it look Like like turtle skin Yeah And they're like When they're fighting You see them like sweating And they get bruised and stuff And I was like I was like, you know what? This is, like, a really good, like, movie. Like, this was, like, a really good. I mean, then they they started to get a little bit more Hollywood. Like, I think Vanilla Ice is in the second Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I still... Go Ninja. I still... Yeah, go Ninja. Go Ninja. Dude. I still... I mean, I still really, like, watch it all because it just takes me back to that. Mm -hmm. But even, like, even, like, cartoons, like, now everything is just, like... I I just feel like... I mean, and, and I have an appreciation. Like, the first time I saw Toy Story... Like, for our generation, that was like, holy crap. Because, yeah. like, we had never seen anything like that. We yeah. were, like, everything was drawn. We were like, like oh, my, like it's, it's not 3D. That, yeah. and, it was, and it was cool. But now everything has gone that way. And, and like, kids today, they don't have that. I feel so weird to say, like, kids today. Yeah, that's right. how you we know we're getting older. We're, we're only 25. This, this entire
3: conversation is just a group therapy. Yeah. About us like, getting older. <laughs> but
0: it's just like, yeah, like, me and my brother, we would come home. And my sister, we'd watch, uh, you know, all the old Nickelodeon stuff. Ren, Stimpy. Yeah. Which, looking back now, that was kind of like that'd be like I'm like adult. It was out. such
3: a weird cartoon, yeah, wasn't it? Like yeah. there's so many moments where you're like, "Wow, that was on TV." Yeah, or, you know. Yeah. Um, I really liked uh, Animaniacs too. They had a lot yes. of moments that were just like kind of brilliant and like you know those like underhanded jokes that you know if you're older you kind of got and you're like, "Wow." Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: But it's just it, it is it's crazy now when you look at that with music and everything. I mean, and it, it, it's kind of like I feel like it's kind of like uh, one of those things where it's. People talk about it like, oh, it's not like the old, but but stuff always does circle back around. And that's why I kind of think there's always going to be people that, like, you know, and I still do that. Like, you know, when Alice in Chains' uh, uh, new record came out, um, and I know some of the diehard people say, oh, it's not Alice in Chains, it's Lane Staley's not there. And (laughs) I'm like, you know... And, and even my brother, we kind of it got in that conversation. Like it, we we yeah. kind of got like I I even kind of got uh, not to go too far off track, but I kind of got in a conversation with my older brother because he's like six years older, so he was really right. in like the heart of like the early nineties and and all that stuff. So and eventually jealous. became <laughs> to be labeled the grunge and stuff. And like um and he's like, man, he's like, you know what? He goes, I I listen to it, and he's like, I like it. And and and, he, and he's like, why I got into Metallica? And he was like, but he's like, you know, you hear he's like you hear Newstead stuff, and he's like, I like it, but he's like, it's just like but it's like, it's not, he goes, I just wish they wouldn't call it Alice and Chains, because he's like, you know, Lee Staley, man, he goes, that era, he goes, that was like my era, and he's like, I, I know the guy sounds like him and everything, but but to me, it's like, I, you know, every band goes through lineup changes, yeah. and it's hard as hell to replace singers, you know what I mean, like, and, but I still, you know, I still love what they do, and it's still Alice and Chains, and even when I listen to them now, I'm like, nobody sounds like them, and it's, but I still want to go to the store and get that record. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll, if there, if it's a band, if it's a new band that I'm kind of checking out and I'm not really sure uh, about them yet, I'll listen to some previews online or, or I'll get it digitally on iTunes. But, like, bands like we were talking about, like Baroness, yeah. and like, where, where you know the artwork is just going to be awesome and it's like yeah. an experience. Like, I, th- I still think people are really going to want that. I really don't think it's ever going to go away. I don't.
3: As it, as it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I don't see it going away either because there's always those, you know people who would rather pick up, you know, a real book than a digital book. You know, it's just, it's that, it's that connection that you form with, you know, something that you can hold in your hands and smell and feel and, you know, touch and, you know, have forever. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something that'll, you know, should never go away. And I don't think it ever will. Yeah. You know, if you, uh, if you download a, you know, a digital book, you know, or something like that on like a nook or something, and then, you know, the nook disappears as it's kind of, Doing you know or whatever like then what do you have right you have a machine that isn't supported anymore that doesn't work that you won't be able to find chargers for or something like that and you know it just it's gone oh, yeah it's digital it's it's like thin air it's just gone um, whereas you know if you would have just bought the damn book just go read the fucking book yeah unless, yeah. unless you have a house fire it's
0: still there yeah you know yeah. <laughs> well to circle back around to um, to i radio and like just music and like the music scene and stuff I mean you and Ray um, really good buddies uh, we all went to high school together at Central and I even remember toward later on in high school I think you guys did a couple of shows with uh, Tony, um, Tony West Tony West yeah. was an overtone
3: 6th bass player yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that kid man he, he made me <laughs> he made me feel like insignificant he was just he was so damn good like at the bass I was, I was blown away every time he picked it up he was awesome and I miss him so much, but I'm so glad that, you know, now he's kind of like, he's got like a wife and a kid, and, uh, you know, he's doing great by himself, so, yeah, you know, I, I'm really happy for him, and I'm like, damn, there goes another, like, really good music, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> and then going into college, um, me, you, and Ray, we all went to UT, and, uh, I remember running into you a couple times early on in college, and you, uh, you had Inner Sanctum, which is kind of like a hard rock metal band. Yeah. For you guys. And, uh, yeah. and actually for got a, a good show with um, – I'll I, I still remember that. That was like one of the first concerts that I went to was um, uh, me and Dave Nowak, a uh, mutual friend of ours, we yeah. went to uh, Cleveland. And you guys Drowning were pool. on the bill for Drowning Pool. Yeah, Drowning and Pool critical And critical bill. Bill. Yeah,
3: that was an awesome that was a, show. That was an awesome show. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. That's kind of like how I looked at it. Like I would never – like I would grown up a metal kid – but then, like, the bands like, like Geoffrey Finch and Fenton afterwards, like, it, it, like I kind of grew into, like, the alt-rock, you know, sort of, like, Weezer to Foo Fighters sort of range, um, which is still where I sit today. That's just kind of the the songs that I end up writing. But, yeah, I totally grew up on, on metal and stuff, like, Disturbed and, you know, all, all the greats. Like, Sickness is still a, one of my favorite records. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it's... Um, it, it was just it was great. I knew the the bass player, and they were looking for a singer, and uh, you know I tried out a few times, and you know I got I got the chance to do some like serious like Bruce Dickinson type vocals, like that I always kind of wanted to do, and it was it was sweet. It was like this black album Metallica like sounding like deep rock, and it was great for for a while, and it just kind of disbanded, and uh, you know kind of when it did, you know I had the the feeling in my heart that it really wasn't the stuff that I wanted to do anyway, and I also wanted to have, like, my own band, like, of my own design, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. people that I had collected personally to, like, do this thing. And I'm not saying iRadio's my band. Everybody in the band gets yeah, to say yeah, it's yeah. my band, yeah, you yeah. know? I'm not one of those, like, egotistical <laughs> morons. It's like, it's the my name band. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you play for me. <laughs> no. But, but,
0: yeah, but you want to, but when you're creating music, it should be a free creative thing, and... That was a chance for you, because at the time, what we were 19, like freshmen in college, so it gave you a chance to to see what that was like and do some good shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And and then you get to a point where, you know, I can definitely understand that because it's like, well, that was a good experience, but now I have a chance to, you know, develop something of my own in kind of my own vein based on my own, you know, vision and, you know, musical experience and, and what I'm into. And that's kind of how I have radio formed, right? Because you, right. you and Ray started doing the rock block, yeah. T and the radio show. Yep. And
3: I I miss having a radio show. I, <laughs> I really do. Like, and, and we Podcast. say it all the time. Podcast, yo. <laughs> What's up? Eighty-eight point three WXUT right here. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just I miss it. Um, but yes, it it was it was so great. And we were we we were like. We weren't great friends when we started doing that. Like, we had we known each other for a long time, kind of in passing. And really, we only started to kind of hang out um, end of sophomore, like early junior year in high school. Like, we weren't even friends going into high school. So, like, we kind of developed that. We, we used the rock block to just... It was kind of like that that mutual ground where, you know, we could, like, start doing you know our stuff we had jammed uh, in in overtone you know with me uh, him and, and tony and like kind of various incarnations before it became that but like between that and the radio show like it really kind of helped us kind of zero in on the music that we wanted to create and kind of taking like tones from like each other's like musical uh, you know, libraries, like I was, you know, again, I was kind of more like Weezer and Foo Fighters, sort of like alt-rock, like 90s influenced, and he was like the classic rock guy. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I'll play something like sort of newer to, you know, like even contemporary sort of stuff, and you know, and now we go back to Ray for like, you know, some Van Halen or something, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of just kept melding those, those like loves and like every day you know we would show up with a more diverse catalog that sounded more like the other kids you know like yeah uh cd case so um we kind of just like we we started jamming i think he started taking piano lessons and uh he he would he would you know take a lesson and then you know like invite me over later to just kind of like hang out and play some halo or something like that and uh he would sit down on the piano, and you know he had acoustic guitar there, so I would start playing guitar just to kind of, kind of jam, just kind of have fun with it, you know. And that's that's such a great part of music—it's just kind of jamming and yeah, seeing what comes of it. And uh, yeah, we we started really liking what we were what we were coming up with, and like you know this is a great sound. And we started to just kind of put lyrics to it and write make songs out of the little jams that we were doing. And before we knew it, we had like a whole album of, worth of songs written before we even decided to have a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we kind of like hit the ground running as far as you know we had something to already go off of, you know. And it's 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 fair, you know, to it's it's nice to do that, but it's unfair in a way to like, you know, get find somebody that you like as a musician and then say, "Okay, I already wrote these songs, so learn how to play them." Like it's I kind of wish I would we would have taken a step back and just kind of jammed with whoever we found you know, which which was eventually Ryan and Sam, and, uh, you know, kind of go about it that way, but, I mean, it was a nice just jumping off point, so I figured, you know, let's just learn the songs that we did, and then we can make some more, which we eventually did, but, yeah, it was it was no more than, I think, four or five months later that we decided to record Cotton Frequency, and go up to Bay City, and record up there, so, we kind of, yeah, it was, it, it things happened really quickly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it started, so.
0: Yeah, and you guys have, over the last couple of years, um, uh, I remember doing a story on Middle Class Route when they were in town, and you guys were one of the openers at that show, mm-hmm. which yeah. was an awesome show, and those guys are really cool, too. Yeah. They were really cool dudes. And, um, the Trues from, from Canada, which yeah. more people should know about, they're a really good band. I mean, I don't care what kind of music you're into, I mean, those guys are a hard-working band, and it's weird how sometimes it's hard for bands, you know, that do have a lot of success up there to kind of cross over mm-hmm. here. Um... You know, Inward
3: Eye was another good band from Canada. They actually played at the closing ceremony of the uh, um, the Olympics when they held them up there. Um, they were they were really sweet. they were three piece. They're really good. And I think they got to open up for the Who once or twice. Man, that would just yeah. Wouldn't that be something?
0: Yeah. After that, be like, all right, God, you can whatever happens from right. now. Thank you for that. I'm good. Yeah. I can <laughs> die happy, man. Now
3: I I got to shake you know Roger Daltrey's hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like man, that's just crazy. And hear Pete Townsend just. Is just impeccable songwriting.
0: So then, now, how with uh, with IF Radio, you guys have obviously had a couple people come and go, and that happens in every band. But mm-hmm. but then, how I know you guys have always been big fans of May. But then, how how does that come now that you guys are actually recording?
3: Well, um, okay. we being you know big fans, you know we'd seen um, multiple shows uh, of theirs, you know over the years. We've I, I've opened up for them in a few of you know the previous bands. Um, and, uh, we, we went and saw their farewell tour, um, was it two years ago now? And, uh, it, we were just, it was such a great show. We just missed them so much. Cause it was just like one of those things, like kind of like when, when like my first band was getting off the ground, they were doing their tour for their very first, uh, record destination, beautiful. So it was something that like, can't like, like we grew up with them, like in a way, like they were always an influence to us and then to like lose them. It just, it hurt. It was like a part, of, that part of your life was just like that chapter has closed. Yeah. like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like one of those like, like defining moments where you can, right, where you take a step back and you're like, damn, that's just, that's dead now. Like, that was a time. Like, that was, that was it. That was what made it special. So we, we would always try to, you know, keep up, you know, tabs with them. And uh, uh, we saw on Dave Elkin's Facebook that he was starting to work on another band, called schematic as well as a studio and like a musician's um consult consulting service uh and like a non-traditional record label like all under the name schematic so we're like oh this is this is kind of neat like it's, it's really cool that he's trying something new and we're just you know glad that you know like there was like more music there to be heard so uh we saw that he was trying to do like a like a Kickstarter? I think it was actually Indiegogo for the studio to like help fund everything. And uh, we we decided to pledge. we were like, you know, this is this would be really cool. Um, and one of the things was if you if you give five hundred dollars or more, you get to come down to the studio and record with me in Nashville. And we we're like, well, that would be awesome because we're you know we're going to spend $250, 300 dollars to record a song here. So why not spend the extra you know couple bucks and go down to Nashville having an am- amazing time potentially? Yeah, yeah, and you know get a face to face you know meeting with the guy, you know, and learn from you know his you know, you know get his views on songwriting and you know um you know just take that opportunity to learn all we can from this guy. You know, and maybe pass them a few CDs while we're down there, you know, of our own stuff and say, hey, next time you're on tour, give us a call. Yeah. You know, like it's it, it's so worth the you know, extra 200 bucks. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're super thrilled to have this opportunity to go down there and just kind of, you know, learn all we can from this you know, dude who's been an influence for so long.
0: It sounds like it was pretty seamless in terms of the communication to get in touch with him. Was it pretty seamless in terms of him (laughs) hearing back, or you guys hearing back? Which (laughs) actually, it It was not. No,
3: um, I I mean he was super busy, obviously. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the initial emails we we did send him initial emails after we pledged the the, you know the money for uh, from Indiegogo, and he was like, yeah, cool, just email me here, and I'll keep you up to date. The uh, I think this was back in. November of 2012 that he actually did this so we're, we're, he was like okay the, um, I'm shooting for August um, I'm hoping everything will be done by then so then we can start getting people into the studio to record so we were like cool all right well we'll just kind of send him an email or two here and there and just kind of like wait till August so we did and we um, uh, so we then uh, uh, like emailed him around like June or whatever or July and I think we had sent him a few, like, like just like one email, like, saying, okay, so, just as a reminder, you know, we are i radio, we want to come down, we want to record, uh, we pledged for Indiegogo, you know, we can't wait to come down, it's going to be cool, give us, you know, we, we have a few questions, you know, like, what should we bring with us, you know, what do you have down there at the studio, is it done, <laughs> you know, how's it going, um, all that, all that jazz, and... He didn't get back to us, and I think I actually, I, I think I made the mistake of attaching um, one of our songs that we that we wanted to record, like the song that we're going to end up recording, uh, to that email and sending it out. Which and I think it got caught up in a spam filter or something since it had an attachment. And I think that's really the root of the problem was that you know like maybe he didn't see it initially or whatever. But we were like we were in the dark for so long. Like and I sent him another one. And I got no reply. So then I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, please just like, let us know what's going on. Like we just, I'm not trying to bother you. I'm not some weird like fanboy. I'm not going to nerd out on you. You know, I just want to know how things are going. Kind of like a status report. Give me something to go on. And he did finally get back to us. He was like, yeah, I mean, I'm totally sorry. You know, whatever. I didn't see the first email, you know, get back to me at this email address, you know, check it more often, you know, maybe we'll sort this out and just like back and forth uh then it got to you know he got to answering our questions you know in ample time and stuff so now we're ready to go and everything's cool uh but yeah for a minute there we were just like man this dude just like take our money and run like yeah Yeah. (laughs) we were so scared there for a while
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would suck too Because you're like, man, this guy that we listen to and everything is just like scary Right, you know, they home. always say, like, don't meet your
3: heroes like, yeah, yeah. And man, like, that's <laughs> I really hope it's not that bad I mean, We've talked to him after shows And he seems like, you know, a super legit, really nice, like, awesome guy So yeah. I did not expect anything like that going into it But man, it kind of made me, like, wonder
0: Yeah For yeah. a minute, like,
3: man, oh my god <laughs> Is this really happening?
0: So how's the direction of um, how the band's sounding now that you guys obviously have Brian back and so is it kind of is it kind of uh, a mixture of like the call in the frequency stuff?
3: Uh yeah, it's kind of it's it's getting back to that sort of piano sound, but we've kind of like evolved like so much, like it's got a little bit more rock to it, and we're trying to be as different as possible with every new song we make. Like we're trying to not Get, yeah, like we're not trying to not get stuck in a rut of just like one sound. You know, we want to write songs, and now when now when I write just kind of like a, a middle of the road sort of standard rock song, I'm like, what makes this unique now? Like, what can I do to, you know, give this song kind of like a, a uniqueness, a, a sense of um, you know difference among everything else? If we put it all on a record, like, why would you know this song stand out versus another song? You know, so it's, it's it's a different mindset now, though. Um, and I kind of, like, I kind of had to stick, take a step back, like, about a year ago. And I was, like, you know, I'm starting to write songs in just, like, a very, like, general sort of, like, area. Like, I know what they're all kind of going to sound like, which sounds good to me, but it's not, it's not different enough that I don't think enough there's not enough difference in it that it might catch somebody else's ear who might not like the exact same you know thing that I'm writing. Yeah. You know. So we're we're trying to to do more things like that. Like I've got like a song that I'm writing right now that has like lots of classical like who influence and then we infused it with like almost like a incubacy sounding sort of like riff here and there. Uh, I've got like a like an older sort of like I don't know like funky sort of guitar riff that I'm working on. Um, <laughs> I just wrote like a Mario themed song, so I'm hoping to throw a lot of like eight bit like sort of like sounds and, and not like sound effects like directly from the game, but like you know like things of that era. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, um, maybe like automate the drums, you know, in certain you know parts to make it sound more video gamey, and I don't know, like it's just yeah. kind of like that. It's like you know find find different things you can do with every song.
0: So does the inspiration for that come from not you wanting to try to please? Whoever may hear it, but from you just wanting to challenge yourself more is like a song. I do,
3: yeah. It's 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 kind of both. Like I would like to have a diverse catalog so a lot of people can enjoy it. But yeah, it's also like this personal, you know, strive to always, you know, keep bettering yourself or keep trying different things. And even if they don't work out, you know, it's like well at least you tried it. You know, so I would I would yeah continuously like to try to grow my own. Musical love and knowledge, you know, by learning a different style or something, as well as you know, grow, grow the band itself.
0: So. so, is this um, you guys are going down there to record uh, a song with him?
3: Yep, we're going down to record um, one song. Um, it's called Adeline. It's a very uh, gin blossoms y sounding song. I think, like, it's kind of like in that vein. Um, it's yeah, it's it's really neat. I, I I'm going to bring it back to to the show. So I I hope we can do like a follow up episode where you know I can tell you like all about Nashville and the great and or terrible time that we had or somewhere in the middle like it was just me. Yeah, yeah. I won't say
0: that no. (laughs) Even if it's just me, I'll lie to you. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure sure it won't be. I mean, because it's just, just such a cool city. I mean, worst case scenario. He's a jerk, and you get to drink and see a bunch of cool, different music right. acts. Right, you know? like, <laughs> be, Yeah, I think it would be actually kind of
3: like fine if he was a jerk because we would probably just try to like do the best possible job we can with the studio time we have just to get out of the studio at night. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. just don't want to be around this guy. Like just, just get right, just get your drum track right, just do it right the first time, and then we can leave. Well, yeah. you know, that's all we had blocked off for today, so just do it. No, I don't know. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, like I said, he he did not give me the impression that he was like a bad guy or anything. So well, I had that, very high hopes.
0: And I think when you meet somebody who's been in a, in a position where they've done touring and they've they've produced records, um, you know, their own stuff and, and and gotten it out to people, you know, and they've kind of had that collective of experiences where they know what it's like to be kind of in your guys' situation where you know you have talent and you're you're at a real kind of grassroots level to then eventually getting to a point where maybe you do some regional touring or whatever and see where it goes I think guys like that you know when they're in that position and they're not like um, you know they haven't reached like the apex of, of the recording industry in terms of maybe like mass record sales or whatever which most people don't nowadays because right. of the digital age right. but it's like I feel like you know in his situation he's probably seen you know these guys are really passionate they're, they're really excited they're fans of my music you know but they haven't come off as like like you're saying like fanboy they just want an <laughs> opportunity to like right. experience this and I'm sure I, I, I would I would think that in his situation he kind of remembers what it's like to be in that situation so now he can extend the olive branch and give his experience and his knowledge and his Studio and, and, and have an opportunity to do that, so I think it'll probably go well I'm right like, yeah. I
3: think it'd be cool. and that's um kind of getting back to the idea of that kind of like community place like that me and Kevin wanted to do that's kind of like the same mindset it's like you know you pass on that opportunity, pass on the knowledge that you have gained to like a, a new generation like that's I hope that's his his you know goal as well as you know ours yeah you because know? um, it's in, it's important you know you have to pass it on you know to keep it going you know it's the legacy that you leave you know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> will remain you know when you were gone so it's well part
0: of it. and then looking back even on school and everything you, you think about all the stuff that you learned and um, you know we had music class when I went to Hiawatha and, and and I think about that now and you see you'll see different PSA announcements and stuff and you, you hear both sides of it. you hear people say, well we need to make more of an emphasis on math and science or we need to make more of an emphasis on on English and just, you know, diction and pronunciation and all that stuff. And then, and then you hear about people say, oh, we need to put an emphasis on the arts. And I think it's really just a balance of all that. It it's is. an interesting time in America, like, where... Not to get too super like philosophical, because nobody. Oh, go wants, for nobody it. Nobody wants to hear two twenty-five-year-olds <laughs> give their right. worldviews. right? Yeah, because uh, we know
3: so much you about know, life.
0: But but I do. I think about that. You'll hear stuff about our country, like where we're at educationally, you know, um, you know, education-wise compared to the rest of the world, and 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 where we stack up and stuff, and and even kind of like when we were in high school. I, you know, yeah, I got a great education at Central, but the. Um, but it was like even the college type of stuff where you do, you know, the SAT and the ACT and stuff. I feel like we're kind of in the situation now in our country, it seems like, where we're we're putting a lot of emphasis on there has to be a baseline for everything now. There has right. to be some type of, like, we have to have, I a way- have to be able to
3: grade you. Yeah, we have to
0: weed people out. And, right. and I don't think that that's people learn at different clips, you know? And you see that, you see that, like, when you're, you know, I, we, we we know dudes who, who were just, you know, either lazy students, but they were really, they are smart minds, like right. intelligent minds, they just you know, they They're they, brilliant,
3: they're just in a different way. Yeah, right? they, they you, know, you know and they and, can't fit into the mold.
0: Yeah, and, and so I think even looking at music and all that stuff and, and we're talking about extended olive branches and, and whatnot, like I, I really hope that like moving forward in this country we I think we just gotta look at things more like it's a balance. You know what I mean? Like it's not you don't need to have like a super emphasis on math and science, but you need it. You know, when you get older, you know, my math now is okay like what what's my budget for the weekend if I go you know if I want to go out and have a good time you know right. what's you know right you know finding a, a good place to live what can I afford you know my my car or my phone like you need to know how to balance a checkbook they should have a yeah. life
3: class you know yeah wouldn't yeah. that be helpful like you know here's the math you're gonna normally do yeah you know yeah. and then here's the math that we think you should learn because you know it's calculus you know whatever yeah, like, yeah. it's it's a challenge just to learn it
0: like I don't think it's you know. I don't think it's, you you shouldn't, it shouldn't be like, we shouldn't look at it like, all right, what what do we need to cut, and what do we need to, you know, and you see it like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of girls that I've known that have gone into nursing, and like, that's close to home for me, because my mom's a nurse, and it's like, you know, I, I, you know, my cousin went through that, where it's like, you know, she was in this really tough program, and they, you know, they weed you out based on GPA and stuff, and it's like, well, just because, some girl can hit the books better doesn't necessarily mean she's going to make a better nurse. might mean she's more book smart. So I I hope we we get to that point where it's like, you know, we start to realize, especially for future generations, like you're, you're, you're always going to need, you know, practicality and you're always going to need logic, but you also need the creativity. If you take the creativity away, if you take art away, you're just, you're just trying to
3: program something like a robot. you You know,
0: I remember reading something, um, because I'm a huge basketball fan, and, like, I, I thought for a while that, like, I wanted to be, like, like a footwear designer, and I thought, oh, that'd be cool. And I did, I, I used to, like, draw shoes and stuff, like, and I, and I started, before I started writing, I started drawing when I was a kid. That was, like, my first passion was drawing, and um, I, one year I took um, some art classes, like, on the weekends at uh, the Toledo Museum of Art, and it was just cool to, like see kids with, like, what their abilities were and, like, what, what I could do, and, like, it, it was just cool to have that, like, creative experience, mm-hmm. and without that, I don't think I would have been as good of a writer because it's it just kind of, you know, when you're a kid, you're you're really imaginative and you're always, you know, and, and my mind is still kind of like that, like, it's hard for me to, like, shut my brain off because I'm just constantly thinking about, like, different stuff, and, like, you know, so I, I hope creatively with music and, and we, we still kind of keep that in mind with kids with, like, with art and you like, you just, you still need that man. Like you, and, and it's, and it's a, it's a balance. Like I, I realized you got to weed people out and figure out, all right, who are we going to give scholarship money to? And you know, and the easiest way to do that is look at GPA, look at test scores, look at all that stuff. But it's like it, I don't think, I don't think one area of learning should ever come at the expense of something else. You know? Yeah,
3: that's very true. It shouldn't. Um, I wish there was a more, more of an emphasis on education in this country. It's not that education needs to get harder or stricter, but I think that's the wrong way. And I think that's kind of the way that they've been going about it. I really wish, you know, it would just more emphasis would be put on it, you yeah. know, like find, give teachers more money, you yeah. know, like put more money into the system. Cause it's fucking important. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's our, it's our goddamn future. Yeah. Like, you know, those, those, those are the people who are going to run the country someday. Why give them a crappy education? Like, it's just, it's bad for everyone.
0: And even kids who don't, who who didn't, who really didn't like school, like, I, I enjoyed, like, learning. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, I, liked I enjoy. you know, not to sound like super nerdy, like, I, you know, but I, I don't <laughs> really care. I'm 25, I don't really care anymore. But, I mean, like, I, I did. I liked learning new stuff. Like, and that's what I mean, like, the balance. Like, there was a, we, we did have, when I was in eighth grade at Christ the King and in, in Ms. Babrowski's class, I remember one section of what we learned one year was, like, um, calculating, um, like uh, using fractions and like like calculating like uh, checkbook and stuff like that like mm-hmm. kind of like what you're talking like what we're talking about like you know like real life math, life math. And, and, yeah. I, and math was always my hardest subject because I've always been kind of more of like a creative thinker right. like so that was a, like I, I did all right at it but I really had to like study like I can't just look at a page of numbers and be like okay I can figure this crap out like I'd really have to be like all right what do I got to do here but right. that so and that's what I think too is like it's, you're always gonna have those teachers that that hit you at like a visceral level, like I get what this dude's talking about or they'll make it interesting. And I think Mm -hmm. those are the best teachers. And and, and I think when you, when you start to strip them of their ability to be creative like that, that's when, that's when they start to just kind of go, right. I got, you know, I'm here. I got to pay the bills. I got a family. I got to support. This is what they want me to teach. So, you know, I, I, you know, I hope with when it, when it comes to music and art and all that stuff, like there's, there's definitely got to be a balance because now, especially with, with the digital, just to kind of tie back even the stuff that, like, we're doing now in our jobs. Like, yep. you know, digitally now, there's there's a whole sector of jobs that are being created. Like, if it weren't for the internet, I wouldn't have a job right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. and, that, and that involves some – it involves pretty much a collection of the stuff that I've learned. Like, it involves math. It involves creativity. It involves a, a certain social knowledge. You're trying to figure out, like, what demographics you're looking for, for yep. what you're trying sure. to promote – so it all it all ties in, you know. It does, it's, and it's weird.
3: And even though you think that, you know, in some way, you know, like, parts of it aren't tying in, that you're just not really paying close enough attention. Like, they are. Like, you know, every, it is a balance. And it is kind of like, you know, back to your point when, you know, the teachers start to give up. That's like, you know, the system tightening the noose on their creativity. Yeah. Like, they're trying to tighten the noose on the entire system's creativity. Creativity, so you do have to foster, you know, you know, the sciences, um, but you know, you also, you know, should, you know, foster art, you know, let kids be creative. Um, you, uh, do you like Neil deGrasse Tyson? Do you ever watch any? of his? he's the, he's like a famous um, astrophysicist, as uh, director of the Hayden Planetarium. In, is he the one
0: that's on the uh, like The Daily Show a lot?
3: Uh, I think he's been on the daily show yeah, he's like it's like a, a kind of like a larger african-american guy he's got the meme like yes you know. yes yeah yes. okay I know not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got this he's got uh, I, I, I was just uh, reading something on his kids last night and like his approach to parenting and he was like you know I've got two kids I think he said like at the time they were like uh, like 11 and 17 or something and he was like you know the I think the, the approach the problem for us is, you know, a lot of times when, you know, kids are born scientists, kids want to touch things and break things and, you know, they'll just lay waste to your house when they, you know, you know or you let them be. But it's part of learning. It's part of the creative process of, you know, figuring out what things do and, you know, how you should or should not go about, you know, handling a knife. You know, like, yeah, yeah. not saying that you should like, let them have that much freedom but it's kind of part of it, you know, something sharp out pricks you, it hurts. Yeah. Don't do that again. You know, so he was like, you know, whenever my kids are running around and they, like, when they were littler and they would like look at something, even if it was like valuable and they would want to like, hold it and like, you know, turn upside down and, you know, like, inspect it, study it. You know, even if they might break it. I would just let it go because, you know, let the experiment run its course. And I thought that that was, like, a great, you know, like, way to foster creativity in, in little kids. But we should also do that in, you know, in our schools and not not ever think that our learning system is as good as it can be because clearly the test scores say that it's not. Yeah. You know, so we should always be looking for different creative ways to teach people and teach ourselves you know, it's. I don't. I don't think that it can ever be perfect, you know. And I don't. I don't understand why the system, in in the situation that it finds itself in, I don't understand why they they don't just take a step back and be like, look, we got to just rethink this whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like it. Why? Why continue to make it worse? Because that's what it seems like they're doing yeah like you know they, they yeah they are tightening the news on like creativity and stuff and trying to push more math and science which is good like it's not bad that you want to learn math and science because they are detrimentally important to our society but yeah again like you said I would never let one thing suffer because of another because no one thing should be more important it might look better to you know on the national stage you know, it's other countries like we're better at math and science than you are. We'll develop a better bomb or, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, you know, to, to develop a well-rounded human being, you have to have everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wrap this, uh, to wrap this up, I know we have <laughs> a lot of ground, but, um, some music. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> but, um, uh, I got, I'm always interested because I found myself, um, you know, lately I, I've been listening within the last year, I've been listening to like a lot of different stuff. I've gotten into more. And I think that happens with age. You, you start to, once again, we're, we're still very, we're still young. We're still 25. We're not to, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw us under the bus, but, but as you get older, like, you know, cause like, yeah, 10 years ago and at the beginning of high school, um, I was still in, into, into a lot of really aggressive guitars and really like angsty driven stuff. And I still like that stuff, you know, but I mean, I remember when I got corn. Uh, untouchables, you know, just that riff from here to stay. I mean, even when I hear that now, I still kind of get like chiseled because I remember the first time it was just boom, boom, budding, <laughs> boom just yeah. that groove metal, like it was just awesome. And it, but but now I, I find myself, you know, I, and I listen to a lot of hard rock. And I remember when I got um, Shine Down, Leave a Whisper later on in high school. A couple of years after that came out, I think that came out in like oh four, and I think I got it around like 06 um, and I just remember that record like really struck me. Just, uh, um, just, just the music. It was just like, damn, like this is awesome. And then they had like slower tracks, like 45 on there, and it was just like, like this is this is crazy, you know. And then you know, but now I'm kind of like listening to more. I still love hard rock and I still love metal, and and that's kind of what I'll always be rooted in. But um, but I find myself listening to more kind of like more psychedelic stuff or more. Stuff that's really textured, really expansive, and kind of almost like ethereal compared to what I listened to before. It seems right. like otherworldly, like, uh, and I'll show you some of it here in a little bit. Uh, but like bands like um, like Exit Calm and um, Over the Ocean, where it's just kind of like this, almost like theatrical, like, like cinematic type of stuff. And so I wanna I wanna ask you, what are your what what are five records you've listened to within like the last year that um, have either really inspired you or that you really just really enjoy and maybe it's a little off of what you've, you know, either you discovered it based on the influences you have already or you just came upon it. You're like, holy crap, and then you went kind of further down the rabbit hole. Because yeah. I feel like that's what happened to me. Like, I started listening to like, my, I think it started with like Monstro for me and then I started to go more in that direction and just started listening to more of this stuff. Yeah. This is going to be hard,
3: actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I listened to a lot of stuff. Um, I think... I think some major ones um that have kind of like kind of like I, I grew up a metal kid obviously so you know like when i heard you know tools lateralis it just it blew my mind like it took me to like a different part like different place yeah because i was listening to like a lot of weezer and like uh you know stuff like that um in that day and i actually bought lateralis like as soon as it came out and I listened to like Schism and a few other songs on it and I kinda like put it down. Like I like almost did it, took it for the singles, and then like yeah, I put it down on a shelf and I dusted it off like three years later, because like I heard Schism on the radio again or something and I completely forgot I even owned the record. I was like, <laughs> don't I have this somewhere? So, like I thought I had this. And I put it in and like listened to the whole record, like as one big thing, and man, it just like I, like, it made me rethink, like, everything. I was like, this is just crazy good. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. That's not within the last year, but, you know, it was, like, one of those moments. Yeah. And then, um, Tony West, you know, the bass player, showed me, um, Tony West and Ray showed me Dream Theater. Showed me, um, Train of Thought. Yeah. And, and man, that was, in the same way, like, blew me away. I was like, this is even, like, more epic. Yeah. You know, like it's just so dynamic, and they're so good. Like every single person in that band is like, I don't know, it's just like the like the definition of what they do.
0: Yeah, you know? like uh, he was my introduction to uh, crazy. into to Dream Theater too. It was because yeah. me, Ray, and Tony. Um, were you in that class? It was junior year's religion class with Mister Gray. I don't know if you were in that class. I had 20. a religion class in Mr. Gray. I, I remember it was it was we me. Were in the same class. It was me. I remember me. Tony was in there. I think Benny was in there, and I think Todd and Ray were in there. I think <laughs> all of us were in the there. Team. But I remember Tony telling me he was like, "Dude, he's like, he was like." I remember him telling me he's like, "He was like." Dream Theater sounds like he goes think of like a combination of like Metallica and Rush.
3: Uh, I thought 2 on Rush.
0: And then yeah, and then when I heard it, it was like. I was like, I, I kind of see where he's coming from, but, um, I think, what, what album did he give me? He, he gave me Train of Thought, but before Train of Thought, he gave me, um, what, what's, what's the album with, uh, the mirror on it? Um, it was before. Awake. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, that was the first one I listened to was yeah, Awake. Like that, like more like 80s influence, like Prague, uh, yeah, one of the first tracks on there has that kind of like synthy sound, and it's like that. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's,
3: that album is pretty nuts. Uh, Six Degrees of Inner is another crazy one. Um, but yeah, like there, there's stuff after that. Like I paid more close attention to like Train of Thought, um, just all those. I got the score DVD. Uh, Live of Budokan is amazing, uh, but yeah, like it, that, like those things, like just came along, and kind of like blew my mind. And then the the next thing to blow my mind was like I kind of like took a step out of that realm, and uh, it was thrice um, the Alchemy Index. I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, um, I was listening to Pandora one night or something, and it came on, and like I I had completely written them off as like some post hardcore you know, end of the 90s, like band, you know, with whatever they released their, their first record. Um, and like, it was just like, eh, okay. It's not my style right now. I'm, you know, was way too busy listening to tools <laughs> or you know, yeah. like, whatever. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't care, you know? Um, but they, they evolved, you know, like all bands do. And, you know, they took on a different sound and that record was so dynamic as well as the, the album after beggars was just like crazy. Like it just, yeah, it, it made me rethink what then what like I you know thought was like mind blowing for myself. Like it was just it touched me in a different way. Yeah, and it was yeah like they tried to do everything on that record and everything had its place and it was, it was amazing. Um, as of late, yes, the Baroness uh, Yellow you know album is super good. Um, I love spinning that. I really like uh, Animals as Leaders. If you've ever heard that, yes, yes, that yes, that yes. shit blew my mind yes. too because it's so crazy and the time you know changes. I don't know how I and... heard
0: about them, but I heard one of their songs and um, and um, even the video for It's real sci-fi. On um, oh my gosh, it's on it's on YouTube. I'll think of it. I any time I'm on the spot <laughs> and I have to think of it, um, I'll remember it. But uh, yes, um, the first the first album that I heard from them was the one with. Um, it's got uh, uh, what is that song? God, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But they're <laughs> uh, yeah, latest. I just
3: have their their soft Yeah, is that the one with um? Do you have the vinyl of it, or do you have the? the I don't. I
0: I I got them both. I, I have the vinyl of it. it. Has this
3: crazy like three D part in the middle? I do For nice. real?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It I comes have, with three D glasses. I have it's the insane. one that came out um, in two. Was it late two thousand eleven or early two
3: thousand twelve? Yeah, that's that's probably what I picked up.
0: Uh, it's kind of like the blueish color, um, but then there, then there's one. Mine's got like
3: Technicolor on the front. Like it's got a lot of different stuff. It's like black with like little bits of like. Yeah. Everything. I'm gonna, um, give, I'm gonna get my real tips. quick just because that's driving me nuts. nuts, and I, I know, I know what I'm thinking of, <laughs> and I
0: can't. It's driving me crazy. Who cares if there's a little dead air, folks? I got it. This is just drive me nuts. And I know. I know. I got it on here. Just fix it in post. It's so funny. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I, I did. I, I started to get into them too, and I was like, yeah. I was like, this is like.
3: Just before that, though, um, the next record that kind of like blew my mind um, that I had to listen to over and over again was Mastodon. Crack, this, crack this Guy. Yeah, that's a freaking unbelievable album. Yeah. So, like, I, I kind of came back to, like, more metal. And, like, that, it, man, it was incredible.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. The self-titled, I have the self-titled, and then the one that came out, it was either late 2011 or early 2012, was Weightless. And, uh, but the self-titled has one of my favorite, it's, like, just, to me, it's, like, a, it's just a song that, like, like. And it's all instrumental for, if anybody hasn't checked out, animals Lee, check them out because it's amazing. Yeah. And they play like eight string guitars and it's just like, <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. But it was, uh, it was, I don't know how, if I'm saying it right, but CAFO or either CAFO, um, that's the one um, that I saw the video for on YouTube. Um,
3: I've checked out I've never seen that
0: video. and before. that's and that's on the one that's the one towards the end of the record the... oh, oh okay. yeah that that's that's awesome and then it kind of has that slow part and towards the end it's like yeah like just
3: that whole record like I just I don't even like look at the tracks like I just let it play
0: and on impulse is the one that starts like like it's metal but you can tell like that's the one thing that I that I that I always defend with metal is people think it's just like headbanging, like devil worshiping. Yes, <laughs> Satan, hard heavy rips, and blah. And like yes, there's a, there's a degree of that in metal if you want to listen to that, you can find it. But it's like usually like really good metal bands are very technically efficient. Um, yeah, they are. And um, like I don't know if you've listened to any, God forbid, but um, I mm-hmm. got a chance to see them uh, uh, a few years back. It was them and uh, Shadows Fall were opening for Five Finger Death Punch. Down in Dayton, and um, uh, God forbid, got put on the bill uh, as a replacement for um, Throwdown because Throwdown had some type of family emergency or something. And I went down to that show with uh, with Dave and Chad Zerniak, and um, mm-hmm. and we were like, all of a sudden we were like, who, like who? Because I, I like I like watching the opening bands because you never know. Like right. that's how I found out about Death Punch was they were opening for Disturbed like five years ago. Um, okay and we we went to a show down in Bogarts in Cincinnati so I'm like I'm all about like you know I love seeing the opening dance and um that's how I saw the sword uh, open for Metallica the sword machine head and um and I got a chance to talk to Doc Coyle, super freaking cool dude. Uh, are you on Twitter? If you follow him on Twitter, he's, he's on Twitter, but he's one of their guitarists, for God forbid, and you, you want to talk about a really good, technically good metal band, I mean, it's like, their album, Equilibrium, that was one that I've listened to recently, it was like, holy shit, it was just like... Because, you know, uh, Animals as Leaders has kind of that, uh, they kind of pay homage a little bit to, uh, or pay homage, however you want to say it, to, uh, like, Sugar. You know, and sort of that genty type of, you know, kind of that, that sound um, that Mishuga kind of coined. And um, there's a couple of tracks on Equilibrium from God Forbid that, that sound like that. But um, but yes, I, I I had to get that and look at it. And one of my favorite tracks is um, it's the fourth track on, on Animals as Leaders and Self Titles it is on Impulse. And it has that real kind of just, kind of like real light Beginning that kind of like almost jazzy, yeah. Well, just it has culture.
3: that guitar kind of come in and just like flutter around, yeah. You know, in it just flutter in and out, right? It is. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's so ex- like, it just it's that, like exploring that like space. That. Like I just yeah. yeah like I just I, I I picture the guitarist just like walking around the studio as he was like laying down that track because it's just it's just that yeah you know? man. But I'm with
0: you. Yeah, Practice Sky was that yeah. I listened to that. I, I was like I was
3: so fortunate because I got to see them. uh at uh up at uh detroit when they came around for that that tour and was that the s- more such an amazing show yes that's a cool venue oh my god that's a very cool venue. they like had this like crazy like jumbotron up like everything was like syncopated with their music it was so spot on and i think uh, it was converge and high on fire opened up for them and that was still that was pretty sweet yeah but man dude, or maybe that was the second time i don't know um i still get yeah and then them. i saw another one with well i think the one that i was thinking of originally was them and uh death clock yeah
0: yeah that's not a death clock dude death clock man
3: who doesn't love that shit <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well this has been a lot of fun dude and uh yeah i think we should definitely do a follow-up uh sometime in the near future when you guys uh get back from nashville and uh see what that experience is like and for the interim, maybe we could give people something off of a Cotton Frequency, maybe, on this one. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, that that's cool? fine with me. Yeah, let's do... Um, what track do you want to give them? Oh, man, let's do... What's the one with the Ocean My band?
3: favorite is Before. It's the, like the most dynamic one on that record. It's the it's track four. We'll, we'll do that
0: one. Is that the one that has the uh, the kind of, is that kind of like the ocean-y almost yeah. beginning? Yeah, yeah. that's actually my favorite track out there. Yeah. yeah. All Sweet. right. Sweet. Let's do it. It was meant to be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this has been fun. And before we close up, where, where can people find you guys on the web? People that aren't familiar.
3: Uh, people that aren't familiar, find us on Facebook. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be working on a website real soon. Um, we don't have it like up and running yet. Um, but find us on there if you wanna drop us a line. It's I of radio band at gmail.com. That's personal I is in the letter I of radio band.
0: There you Sweet. Go. All right, it's good fun, man. All right, awesome. yeah. Good to see you again, man. Yeah. <laughs> All righty-dighty, so there it was, everybody. That was my my good friend, Andy Langston. We just had an awesome conversation. Um, Andy Langston of I have Radio uh, and also Ray and Ryan are also in that group together, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't know why I'm doing this like Southern Sunday morning the voice right now. Bless y'all. God is great. God is amazing. God is amazing. Can I get an amen, Mikey? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can I get a uh, number 2 uh hold the cheese with uh meat and fry. Okay, I'll stop being weird. But yes, that is uh that was that was uh, cuz the interview is over now.
1: Is that with or without cheese?
0: Uh with with with, with cheese. Okay. Can I get a name in? do you want
1: a large fry with that
0: dude i just thought of a really good idea if we did like a religious fast food chain <laughs> where they could like like in the griddle on the burger it could be like inspirational messages like jesus oh, loves you enjoy this mate yeah or like a cross or, or you something can put that on the bun or a or, or yes. face of god on the bun. dude or branding or it's branding wow. why does everybody think jesus looks like the guy who should have been in Bee Gees? Like every picture of Jesus that I saw growing up, it was just this flowing hair, just this this great epic beard, perfect beard. Perfect beard. It was like yeah. perfectly trimmed, also. And then like he had like those like stunning eyes. Like whoever whoever like drew pictures of Jesus must have been a very big Bee Gees fan.
1: And you know what? Jesus was a pretty good dresser. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't high end, but it was very. Like very useful.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was kind of a hipster, man. Yeah. He had the sandals and, and the robe. You know, he was doing his thing. Boy, we need to pray after this. <laughs> we do need to pray. But why is that? Why does everybody think Jesus was like a, the, like a Bee Gees guy? Like a like an ex-Bee Gees member? Or, or or maybe he was like the, I don't know, like a roadie that just hung around with him? You know what, though? I think,
1: it, depending on your hair color, they all pretty much looked the same. You know, they were just all... yeah. Or you looked really rough. I mean, like you were a worker kind of person that made you.
0: Yeah, my god, that what was are back. We that about? was back in your day, man. The seventies. Oh, back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Actually, you were more eighties, but you 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 enjoyed the disco duck stuff, didn't uh, you? You got my, into that a little bit, right? You know,
1: my musical tastes are span. You know, when I was really young, I would go up in the attic. My grandpa had his own pretty much one of these up in his attic. Yeah. But this was in the 60s. You know, he had uh, top of the top-of-the-line reel-to-reel tape recorders, and we would listen to old bluegrass music and go up there and play all this old bluegrass stuff. And, you know, that's where I learned to play guitar and uh, play and listen to all that, uh, you know, old uh, old bluegrass. So my God, I've, you name it. But I got into I got into early... You know, like CKLW music. Okay. You know, Byron McGregor and CKLW. And then they would play like, Torn Between Two Lovers. (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) I like dreaming because dreaming can make you mine. Or what's that? Afternoon delight. That's what I grew up on. And then the Commodores came in and Brick
0: House. Yeah, that's some good stuff, right? Who sings that song that we were we were just talking about on the radio show too from uh Plain Strange Normal, be
2: Everybody do the mess around. Ba,
0: ba, ba, ba. Da, 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 da. The
1: people too do. doing the mess around. I know what Everybody one. do the mess around
0: I Okay, know, I don't know. I know what you I don't know. Saying. But uh um I just don't know the name. Yes, where were we? Somehow I'm a I got DJ on like, and I don't know the name. Somehow I got on like Bee Gees Jesus. Um <laughs> But yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. Andy came up to This is our first and last show for the- <laughs> Andy came up to the uh to the to the Korea and uh we had a really awesome conversation. That was actually the first time we had hung out in like a year, man. It was crazy. So, it's definitely not going to be a year again um from the next time we hang out cuz he's just I mean, dude, like you just have those friends, man, that you'll always be friends with. You'll always have those connections whether it's music or sports or whatever. Yep. And uh, it was cool, man. It was cool that even though we hadn't seen each other in a really long time, um, you know, it was like it was like we had we had seen each other yesterday. So, you know, he's working, doing his thing too. But um, you know, there's some good stuff moving forward, and uh, I'm I'm so excited for these guys uh, to get an opportunity to to uh, record like that with with May, and and that's been been like one of their favorite bands forever. Uh, to get to do something that had anything to do with May, I know, was, like, super exciting for them and awesome down in Nashville. So that's pretty cool. I can't wait to hear the new music, and uh, make sure you guys go check that out as well. I will absolutely put the links on this because uh, I'm so uh, happy for those guys and what they're doing, and they, they really do have a unique sound, and it's and it's fun to, uh, to see people just have fun playing music. Because at the end of the day, it's what it's all about, whatever it is that you do. You just got to have fun doing it put your effort into it and you know the rest will take care of itself and on that note i think uh you know i'm probably gonna go take a nap now because uh i, I want to try to uh, sleep off some of this sickness some of this nasally action but uh and i know mikey has got some football games to do grade school football that's what's up man Pays he's bills. gonna be at the glass bowl in toledo ohio for some reason, I'm just feeling like a southern voice today, man. I don't know why. I'm just feeling. She Martin, man. I'm feeling it. But uh, before Keep we there. close, though, actually, yes. um, we are gonna we are gonna give you an I of Radio song. That's what's cool about uh, having pals in the music industry is they let you put their music out there for the people. And I know a lot of you may have not heard of i of Radio because there's a lot of you that listen from everywhere. So, uh, without further ado. I'm going to wrap this up by saying thank you for listening. Keep the faith and be kind to one another as always. And uh, here is Before from Eye of Radio. Check it out.